not, mighty listeners? A month has passed and we are back from the shadows. Ben, good evening. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, mate. How are you? Come on, they've missed my my melodious voice. Melodious <laughs> voice? I don't know. They've certainly not missed melodious. my lack of pronunciation. That's for one thing. <laughs> so, um, how is how is Bob Min? Still there? It's still there. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So tonight, what are we going to talk about tonight, Ben? We got the hobby desk first. Uh, as always, Ben has been uh, painting away, and I've waved a brush in the random direction of some miniatures um, into the galaxy of war with chaos knights, um, apocalypse. and apocalypse, and more knights for, for and Titanicus, sisters of battle, and sisters of battle. Um, so much a spirit seer. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice so um then we move into the Mortal Realms and Warcry is um on everybody's lips, it would seem. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I was just li- I was just likening the idea to a war cry is on everyone's lips. I thought I could have gone with that, but yeah. I didn't. But I have. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So that we got we've seen all six war bands now, so we can chat about that. Ben is going to the AOS Open Day. There's a tail there. And, um... Yeah, there's some other stuff. Sylvaneth. Oh, and the new General's Handbook. Flimineck, a lot happens when we don't record for a month, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, community. Into the community. So, Roll Dice Gaming has happened. So, Ben went along and I turned up late for pizza. Um, so, we can chat a little bit about that. Do our usual shout-outs, announce the winner of the painting competition. And then, is it the Wilds or is it Middle-earth, Ben? It's it's the Wilds. Um, it's and I've the got wilds. a few games to talk about that I saw at um, Roll Dice. Oh, great. Um, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as you can clearly tell, uh, an organised, uh, a well-thought-out and thorough episode lies ahead of you. Um, yeah. Shall we move on? Because I've run out of things to say. Let's do it. (laughs) Guys, we'll catch you. Oh, you know what to do. You know what to do. Grab some refreshments and we'll see you on the hobby desk. Hi guys, and welcome to the Hobby Desk. Um, episode 45. It's just taken us a good two minutes to work out what episode it was. Um, had to look it up. <laughs> Which give us a month and we all suffer from amnesia. Um, In truth, we ran out of fingers and toes quite a long number of episodes ago. So, yeah, this sc- does cause a delay. Scratch marks on the Hobby Desk now, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like a, a prisoner in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> or marks on a bedpost, I was thinking, but there's where our minds are at. <laughs> Quick, oh. moving on. <laughs> right, so um hobby desk. Don't well it's a tough one for you, isn't it, buddy? All all of the, the parents of young ones are, are feeling your pain at the moment, I think. It's so hard oh, to find the time. It, 
yeah, it's it's just a combination of small creatures from the abyss and a house which needs sorting out bits and bobs. Yeah. I mean, how inconvenient that life should intrude. <laughs> I know, I know. I was trying to work out whether it would be reasonable for me to take like a five-year sabbatical to just do hobby. Um, apparently it's not. I totally think it is. I think that's all about perspective. Um, that's what I said. I said I'd come back in five years, refresh. And I don't mean that you need to get some. I think that uh, everyone else does. <laughs> Just to get some perspective. <laughs> yeah. So I have done a bit. Um, not a lot. You I, have? I did some Necromunda. You finished the title. Oh, yes. Well, I, I was going to come on to that. But I, seeing as you've uh, already let the t- cat out of the bag... I have finished the Titan. Well, I was excited. I know. I was excited. Yeah, so I finished my Warlord Titan. Um, Only like, what is it, 12 to 18 months on from when? It's at least that, isn't it? At least. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you started doing that when I, when I came up and spent a couple of days around your house painting. Mm. Well, what, what happened? It, the reason that ended up getting finished is because I decided to work on some Imperial Knights for Titanicus, yeah. six of them. I changed yeah. the I changed the household to Veroni, which is the one that is aligned with Graphonicus in the kind of on the transfer sheet. Um, and I used some warp lightning contrast paint on them. Um, managed to knock them out pretty quickly, actually. But when it got to doing the base, I was like, well, if I'm doing the base for these guys, I might as well do the base for the Titan. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do the base for the Titan, I might as well finish off the weathering. Um, and then I finished it. So that was cool. I changed the basing scheme as well. Um, cause I wanted to do a basing scheme that matched in with the brown sort of wasteland board that I've got. Yeah. Have you gone back and done your other nights again? No, I'm keeping them as they were as like a a homage to how I painted the first ones, I suppose. I don't know. I don't oh, okay. want to just repaint them. I I I've got six and that's a banner's worth, so No, I was thinking more about the bases. No. No, because I don't think I'll use them that much, if ever. Just have them in the cabinet. They look cool. Okay. I could do, I suppose. But I've got plenty of things to be doing. Um, yeah, that's about it though. I've done that and I've done some Necromunda. Got a gang of 15 Necromunda dudes now and, uh, is it four or five? Five angry rats with bombs attached to them? Yeah. 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 Um, they were ace to paint. Um, that was, but that was quite a cool journey though, I thought, because you were trying out like at the same time, you were using them to try out the, the contrast paints and, and experimenting with how you could use them to make, the process quicker and you practically took it down by 80 percent yeah yeah managed to make it a lot faster um i think that was less about well no i don't know how do we put this? so i think the, the fact that it was contrast paint was useful in as much as the smaller details uh such as weapon pouches and whatnot yeah. you could literally do with one coat yeah. Um, but I have found in truth, and it, and it could be user error. That's, you know, I'm not, not, um, not a, an incredible high level painter, but 
the contrast I don't I don't know if contrast paints do exactly what I thought they were gonna do. Hmm. Um especially over not and when I say larger surface areas, I don't mean like tanks. I mean like like if you're gonna paint a cloak on a model. Yeah. I just don't think it has the finish that it's not at a level that I'm happy with. Let's put it that way. Um, or I haven't been able to get it there without a lot of extra work, and that defeats the object, in my view. But that's just a personal view of what i found so far. Um, but what I have found it really useful for is things like, uh, like I said, ammo pouches, candles, because there's a load of them on Corridor. That was really useful. Just using the apothecary white over yeah. over the base coat for the candles. That looks great. Um, so that's real quick. Um and I've started painting Gore Halfhorn, his flesh, and that seems to be okay. Um, yeah, so I did. Yeah, I did speed things up a bit. I did a bit more weathering, um, a few more effects. Actually, nailed down how I was going to paint the bases because I had three batches of five dudes, all with different bases, not different so that you can really tell, but different ways of doing it. So I've written that down now. Um, <laughs> And that's a lot faster than it than it than it was. Um, yeah, I can't believe looking back that I sprayed the bases silver on the first five, and then masked off the bit I wanted to do bloody hatching on. Uh, not hatching. What are they called? Hazard stripes. Yeah. Then put then sprayed that yellow, and then put the stripes on, and then sprayed that black. What a t- ridiculous thing to do. So this time what I've done is sprayed the base yellow, put the hatching on, sprayed black, and then got a brush and painted silver in the other areas. <laughs> yeah. So much faster than buffing around with all that tape. Sometimes you can overcomplicate things. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what about you? You've um you've created some rather nice looking things this month gone. Well, to, to keep us on the topic of contrast paints, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the things I've used mine on. So, I'm really unfortunately, and I don't like to name and shame, so I'm not going to. But the company I ordered, it's a big company. I ordered my paints from, took a really long time to get them to me. So I only got them like last, uh, last Monday, um, which I was really disappointed about, and it still still didn't have all of the all of the paints in it had like five or six that were missing and they're going to send those later so i am i was a bit disappointed about that and it means that i haven't had as much of a go with them as i'd I'd hoped um but what i have used them for is i I did pop into games workshop tro when they were released and have a pop a play with them because both tommy saul and darren atham had posted like um non-metal metallics with them and i'd had this idea in my head um, when I saw those things, that it, it might be cool to try and paint with a degree of speed a, a unit of Stormcast using non-metal metallics, just just for funsies, um, to try and nail the technique down in my head. Um, maybe only like five. Or I was thinking perhaps the the guys from um, Shadespire, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, 
and I had a go on on a on a hammerhead, and I was really impressed with that actually because. I was using the crappiest brush in the universe, which is any brush that you pick up that's been used in the Games Workshop by all the millions of people that use them and destroy them. And um, I didn't have the, con- the the contrast medium, so I couldn't water them down. Um, I didn't even have a pot of water, really, because um, it was so busy. And um, and, I, and I was really quite chuffed with the effect. I used... Um, uh, Darren Latham did a really cool guide, um, and I used that, and that was very helpful. And... Um, I was really excited by how quick that went. So I am I am thinking of having a shot at doing like those three it's all sketched out. I found it quite good for that. I was quite surprised how well they painted, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And um and the second thing I've used it for is um I did Trajan Valoris this month, which I haven't actually posted yet because I did it as a present and I kept it a bit secret. And I used it on that as glazes and they are fantastic as glazes Dan. yeah absolutely superb so i done his cloak and i thought i wonder what happened if i put a red glaze over that um and then i thought well i, I don't want to use blood letter really because that's gone i'm not going to get it back and i've only got a couple of pots of it i might use it here and there and i find it quite orangey anyway yeah Use the oh, they're so good. It pulled all the all the blends together and punched up the like the color in it so much. I was so happy with it. Um, so really big fan of that. And I used it on the uh, lion on his shoulder. Um, I was copying um, Gareth Nicholas's one that he um, won a golden demon for. Mm-hmm. Which when you actually really copy someone who knows what they're doing, it it kind of just hits home just how far behind these people you are <laughs> and <laughs> I was trying to copy the lion he's got a really cool texture on it and what I ended up doing is building up the texture and then and then glazing it back using um the skeleton horde I love that one really really like that yes, one yes I like that one actually a lot um so I I mean I I think I, was, I had a chat with Henry Steele about them and it, um we'll talk a bit about um, that roll dice bit in the community, but um, he said something that I think I completely agree with. That there's going to be like ten of them that are absolute musts, and then the others I don't, I don't think are going to get used all that often. Um, but we'll see. I found using the, the medium really helpful though, Dan. Really helpful. I used a lot of that with the glazing. So. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and I, yeah, I used the a yellow one to, to to glaze the gold on Trajan as well to pull that together a little bit. So, yeah, that I, does look excellent. The Trajan that you did. Thanks, man. I I was really chuffed. When you showed me the picture, I was like, "Where have you found that on Instagram?" <laughs> um, initially, so I think it for me anyway, it shows a step up, especially the free hand on the back of the cloak. So that that's not um, totally freehand. On the model, it, it's, it's kind of outlined on it. Oh, is it? Yeah, they, they do that a fair bit now. Um, oh, well, it, you've done a good job of making it look like it's just freehand. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, I used... Uh, Marcus had got... Um, he gets the, the month, monthly kind of asset drop. That's what they're called. Yeah. Asset drops. And, they ha- and he's just a hobby one. And this month it had um, 
some really cool chrome pens in that you paint in, you can paint on like chrome using like a pen. Do you remember the sort of gold? Well, they still do them, but you know the sort of gold and silver like writing pens where you push down the nib and it sort of yeah, floods yeah. out. It's a, they're a bit like that, and dude, it is proper chrome. If you if you put if you were doing like a car and you painted this on, you'd think it was made of chrome. <laughs> or like on the bumper of something of a classic car. Awesome. Um, maybe a bit shiny for a fantasy model, but you never say never. <laughs> well, you've got to try these things. Um, and he in it had the Reaper do like a, a a paint range. Yeah, not very not very commonly used, but they were three. He had in it the three uh, non-metal metallic gold paint, sort of mid-tone, and they were called like non-metal metallic mid-tone, non-metal metallic highlight, non-metal metallic shade. Um, and I said, well, I'll have a go with them, see what they would come out like. And I really liked them. Um, even though like in the pots, they looked a bit weird that the shade looked like baby poo. It's like a greeny brown look, genuinely looked like baby poo. Um, that worked really well though. I was really pleasantly surprised by that. Um, so that was that. That's my, that's my sort of thing on contrast paints, a small amount that I've had time to have a go at them. So I'll be using them for glazes a lot. And I was sad to see the back of the glaze range, but up until I use these, because now essentially we've gone from what was it, three or four glazes to thirty-two. <laughs> so Yeah, well that's good. I'm gonna uh, cut in here and have a mini gripe. So in the interests of um respecting your wishes, I also am not going to name and shame, but I am going to say that it really flipping ticks me off when people advertise product, take your money, and they don't actually have it. Yeah. Um, And I would like to give a positive shout out to Simon from um, Greetings from the Warp or or SVG um, Hobbies, because... As people will know, if they've listened to a number of episodes, I like to try and spread out where my custom goes because I'm very lucky in that I have a number of local stores. And um, Simon's service has and and price has made me think I'd like to spread some of my money to him. And so when I uh, when Contrast came along, I ordered them from him, and he was really honest. And he came back to me as soon as he could to say, "Look, dude." I've managed to order these, but I couldn't get them all. Um, and I said to him, look, mate, I, I don't want to be funny, but the truth is I can walk into big or games workshop on release day and get those colours, and I don't want to wait. And so he really kindly facilitated me getting a refund for the colours he couldn't get. So then I was able to go down to, it was big in the end, was where I was, pick up all the colours I didn't, he wasn't able to get, and then he sent me through the ones he could get. And I thought that open communication was really gold. Yeah, he's um, fab for that. I, I was really, really pleased um, with how that was dealt with. Because, yeah. as I said already, I just... it, Especially big companies. Um, and then they have the audacity to point the finger at Games Workshop as well and that just gets right on my nerves um the end of the day you have a stock allocation and you shouldn't take people's money for stuff you haven't got to sell them yeah um yeah it, it really annoys me but 
that's just my two cents on that. But um, yeah, anyway, on to more <laughs> positive things. What else have you been doing? Um, goblins. Goblins? Never. No, lots of goblins. So um, I did the. Uh, I finished. I effectively finished batch two of the big bulk painting. So I got the netters done. Which I, I love the old Netta models. Um, there's, they're in the generation where the heads and the hands are so oversized. <laughs> they're like, they're amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed them. Uh, the Fanatics, which are superb models, but they're one of those models again where I think Gloom Squite gets walk a very fine line between what is a practical gaming piece and and what is a display piece? And um, it didn't take much of a knock, although I wasn't paying attention. And this one was my fault. It it wasn't. It didn't just happen like some of the other breakages. I did knock it, and it snapped on the chain, and that took an awful lot of fixing. Um, but no one noticed, which is <laughs> when I posted the pictures. So that's positive. Um, but I loved painting those. They're really easy to paint, which I was really surprised about because um, they are quite complicated to look at, but they are really easy to paint. And I, they, so I was able to put them in with the rest of the batch, if you know what I mean. And I love that. So they just got kind of done. And I was really, really pleased with the outcome of those. Uh, all of the archers from Skull Pass were in there as sort of a few other bits, um, bits and bobs. And I, I was quite pleased with that because that meant that um, all of the bulk of Skull Pass is effectively done now, which is a big That's step That's a for me. massive chunk of stuff done, isn't it? Yeah. Um, on my goal to getting all of the starters kits finished. So really chuffed for that. And then I did... Um, I got. I just gathered together all the characters and worked my way through. But rebased a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Um, really pleased that I rebased a lot of them because I think that actually they'd have looked naff on smaller bases um everything looks naff oh talking of which oh no we'll have to discuss that in a later section there you go there's a cliffhanger <laughs> um, to keep people listening and i love that i really genuinely enjoyed doing that so i think i spent about an evening on a mo- per model so maybe sort of four hours four to six hours um absolutely loved the shaman i did that's my favorite um, got him on like a little rocky outpost. It became, you know, like with Age of Sigma, we've got these, um, activation wars. My characters became a bit like cr- rocky outcrop wars. Like you could stand on the biggest. <laughs> so the, the shaman's <laughs> on a tiny little 25 mil base. I was like, well, he just looks like he's lost. So he, I made him higher. And I was like, is that too high? And Joe was like, no. I was like, okay. And I don't think it is. It was a bit ridiculous, but at, at the same time, it, kind of makes sense i suppose and anyway the uh the skull pass characters which turned out really well they look like characters they're great little plastic models those um stood the test of time a little bit simple enough to be nice and easy to paint and you you've got some space to do some freehand on them but you know complicated enough to make them characters if you see what i mean like the little squig he's holding and that kind of stuff. Um, and I love that one with the little squig, actually. Yeah, he's great. Isn't he? He's really cool. Yeah. Um, and on that one, I practiced bloodshot eyes. 
I've been doing a few of those with the gloom spike gates because on the bigger eyes, because I don't do pupils on my goblins, they can um, the the bigger eyes can look a bit funny, you know, a bit. You don't do pupils on your that that is what sets us apart, my friend. <laughs> I wouldn't even consider like doing. <laughs> don't do pupils. Like, what the flipping heck do you do pupils on? You nutter. Everything. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <sighs> okay. Um. <laughs> so I'm just basking in the radiance of not losing my mind. There was a couple of other characters moving uh, onwards. Daniel Jolly, um, of the old uh, goblin characters that um. Are long gone now that I really enjoyed doing them, but you're right there. Yeah, I just really like Terminator. But yeah, any sensible science fiction fan does. Anyway, what were you saying? Oh yeah, some of the old old metal models um, were thrown in there. Um, Some old classics. And what was really nice is moving from those to the new Loon Boss. Well, the- oh mate, you did such a nice job on him. I love how he he links in with the rest of your army. Yeah, so because he's wearing a lot of armor, I could really make him look like a like the uh, Iron Jaws. I'm really happy with how he came out, actually, especially as I didn't have the colors I needed to do him. So, I, uh, what I'd, I'd run out of Rakarth flesh, which is how I paint the armor on my. Rather than air, because I do a lot of airbrush on the iron jaws to sort of get the coat down. And when I do the airbrush, I use um, Steel Legion Drab, then Carrack Stone, then um, Pallid Witch Flesh. Um, and on, thi- on this one, I've, what I do when I paint is then I, I paint Rakarth Flesh and highlight it with Pallid Witch Flesh and sort of shade it with, with um, Agrax Earthshade. Yeah. Didn't have Rakarth flesh, so I, I actually started with Bane Blade Brown and worked my way through up through um Carrick Stone and then um Pallid Witch Flesh and shaded it back down with um Agrax Earthshade. So and I and managed to get that to tie in as well, so I was quite happy with that. Um Now did you not have Rakarth flesh or could you simply not find it in your highly organised painting? I had I had flesh. run out. I had, and I hadn't had time to go down to Games Workshop and get some, so, yeah. Equally, though, I did spend 20 minutes looking for Corvus Black, which I swore I'd bought, and I couldn't find, and I've just found it in my hobby shed. So, yeah. It, was it categorised with the other C items? No, it was in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, What else have I done? Oh! The uh, p- uh thingy spells. Is that since last time? Yeah. Is yeah. it? This is the thing where you carved out all the spiders. No, legs. no, no. That, that one I did a while ago. But the mushroom, uh, the walking cauldron that reminds me of the thing from Willow, and the um, the moon I did this time. Uh, I need to go back and watch Willow. I know. It's been ages since I watched Willow. It's got a Chaos Warrior in. Mm. Or Ulrich the Slayer gone bad. Either one, you know. I think that's quite highly likely, Ulrich the Slayer going bad. You should go and wash your mouth out with soap. No, because I'm eating grapes, hashtag healthy hobbyist. 
I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Just, Excellent. Or oh. that weird special edition model. Um, the one with the two goblins holding on to the fanatic legs. Oh, yeah. You didn't like that. I know, I didn't. I've, it's a bit of a shame, really. I was quite excited about that when I bought it all those years ago. And I sort of sat down to paint it and I didn't... No, I didn't like it. But never mind. It's finished now. It's a, it's a, you know, interest piece. It does, I don't really know how I'm going to use it in the army either. <laughs> I probably won't. But, um, yeah. So one of the things I did have a go with, um, which I was really quite chuffed with how it turned out, how easy it was to do, was that trick where you airbrush through a, um, wet wipe, uh, to get marble effects. Oh yeah, Dude, on the base of Trad Proper easy and really, really cool. It looks great. There's like virtually no skill involved in that at all. Well, that sounds like something I could get on board with. Well, I put, I, put, I sprayed it astronaut. Well, first of all, I filed it, I sanded it completely flat using wet and dry, and then I put on a mid grey, and then I put on the black through the through the st- stretched wet wipe, and then I put on um, white over the top, and then I got the grey and just sort of very lightly dusted it over it to tie it together and I I loved it and I reckon you could do quite a bit of messing around with different sort of cloths and different sort of textures to make it more or less streaky or, or whatever um I can well probably just by teasing it out a bit more yeah or less yeah. and I would seriously consider that as an army base now in various different colours which army would you do that on well I was gonna. Well, I've got some custodies that I was gonna do as like an attached force to, um, my space walls in thirty k. Um, so I might might do it on something like that, or I might go for something really odd, like orcs, hmm. to make it look like they're ransacking an imperial palace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of that, the Death Skulls. Yeah. Just putting tracks on an Imperial Palace and painting it blue. Um, did you know that individual custodies were dispatched by Gilliman with the gene seed for Primaris across the um, Cicatrix Maledictum, or not maybe through it, but through the little gaunt, the yeah. gaps um, into the Imperium Nihilus to take, so that other chapters could make Primaris. Yeah, because that's how the Spears got them, isn't it? Oh, right. No, I didn't know. I just read it in in White Dwarf because it's talking about the Blood Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the fact that Custodes are uh, out and about is is really cool. But that's that's for um, Galaxy of War, isn't it? So, um, Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting snippet and I hadn't said much for a while. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> what have you got planned? Um, Anything. Well, I'm struggling to decide what I want to do, what I want to paint. Uh, somebody did advise me not to just build a load of models um, <laughs> because I would then not be sure what to Who do. Who was that? Who, I... Uh, I, d- I don't know. This guy, he just goes on and flipping <laughs> on. It's just ridiculous. Um, 
<laughs> so now I've got loads of models built and I don't know which ones to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I don't know why really. I've been a, I've been a bit um I've been a bit tired really. I haven't really felt that engaged. I've got the new executioner guy from Necromunda. Oh, you love him so, so much. You've got to do him. I know, but I can't decide. I so I did think I might do him in real like white pale robe things, but loads of blood. Yeah, that's cool. I th- thought that would be cool. Then I thought, nah, I'll do him in black. Like, executioner-type black. Yeah. So I painted him with black Templar, and I don't like it. Um, so, so yeah, I'm a bit of an impasse with him, and then I've got a whole bunch of Titans ready to start doing. Yeah. Because I'm quite excited by that at the moment. So, I don't know, Really? I want to do some Tau. I'm actually, what I'm going to do is all these models I built, I'm going to put away in a case. Yep. And then just get one thing out and work on it and then one another thing and yep. so on and so forth. And then we'll see where I get to in a month's time. Yep. What about you? What are you doing next? I have still got goblins to do. Um, so I've got the uh, Grom the Paunch. Uh, I've got the Loon Boss, the the... Sort of big bad one with the um, moon on a stick whose name has completely escaped me but him Snickrot yeah that sounds right and um, I got the big troll to do and then that's oh I've got the gobble palooza oh those I can't wait to see you do those and uh, I keep meaning to pick up the snuffling what's uh, snuffless. The snuffling what's Yeah, the snuffling what's it? Fantastic, yes. Um, the uh, the background writers were kicking ass when they named those. <laughs> the, the snufflers. And um, and then... I have got images now of what's <laughs> going. <laughs> going. <laughs> like... Uh, like that. That's the noise they make. Yeah. Munchy Watsits. Um, and I do, I do mean to pick up some rock gut trolls at some point. Um, or the new stone trolls. I forget their name. I'm terrible with names. It's, I'm so bad. Sometimes I go to get a patient from the waiting room and I've forgotten their name halfway down the corridor. I have to go back and check. And sometimes I've done that twice for the same person. Just, I, do you not go out into the waiting room and just shout an ailment? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I'm thrown completely. So, hey, there, there's those. But what I've been doing is putting together the old orcs from the starters kit um, with... Uh, yes, the YMCA Yeah, the YMCA orcs. Um, I've got a ton of those. So I've, I've very specifically got out enough to make a unit and um, and that's it. You know, a unit of the hand-to-hand ones, a unit of the arrow boys. The the two I've got two chariots, one that's sort of normal, and one that I've done that's falling to pieces, and they're all jumping off of it, which looks quite cool. It's a bit of a conversion, and the war boss. And I put together another fifteen hard boys with shields this time, um, because I'll talk about that why I've done that later on, and. Um, and I've already got some hard boys put together and sprayed, so I'm going to be um, getting the 
up to with the airbrush up to where I want them and then bashing them all out, all 25 of them at once, because the Iron Boys are fairly easy to do. But whether I'm going to do that this month or next month, I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay, well, with that in mind, shall we move into the Galaxy of War? Let's do it. Cool. So, more refreshments required, and we shall go into the Galaxy of War. In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. Being in part an exposition of the Warhammer 40,000 game wherein opposing players assume command of miniature armies to recreate upon the tabletop the savage battles of a future age. Proceed at your own peril. Imperium Classification 451 Chapter Approved 096785 dot m41 may the emperor's wrath forever cleanse our souls and you're probably thinking what on earth is he talking about what are you talking but those about? well those are the opening words on the warhammer 40,000 third edition rule book um, um, oh yeah i ordered that uh off ebay uh in this last month in a fit of Nostalgia, yeah, and it is glorious, mate. Yep, yes, it, it is. It is so glorious. It's um, it's actually really interesting because, in so many ways, its production values are so much less than the stuff we see now. Yeah, and yet, because it's black and white, and there's lots of very sketchy art and John Blanche stuff and little sayings, it's so grim, dark, and forty k. I just love it. Um, and obviously, there's always that bit of like, yeah, you know, nostalgia connected with the fact it's the first one I had. But it's really nice to, to read it and see that actually it's not all rose tinted glasses. Yeah, it really yeah, is amazing. Yeah. It really is inspirational. Um, you know, some of the art and. Things like that. They're just they're just amazing. So yeah, it's... I just was feeling a little bit retrospective, so I thought I would read that out. It's a great book. It's got some really cool sections in it. Like um I'm gonna pull my copy off the shelf now and have a remind myself. But there's like the uh the guard page. Uh where all picture of all of the different guard regiments. Yeah. Is that is that that one? I think it is. There, there is um, there is a section uh, oh, like of miniatures from each one. of the different ranges. Flick, flick, flick. Oh, no, there's a go. wonderful um, section of different battlefields. So there's, which there's I like really a section like. where it's the worlds of the Imperium, and it tells you what all the different classifications are, um, and about them. So, like uh, Gamma class is a civilized world. Delta class is a dead world. Um, Delta Tau class is a death world rather than a dead world. And then it's got those wonderful sketchy kind of um alien bits where it's got the like the Terrarian Terrelian dog soldier and um the Amble in there. Uh yeah. and the orcs and the Eldar and the Gene Steelers. Yeah. And then but there's a there's a section in there where it's got the guard and there's all like sketches of the different guard regiments and I'm gonna to have to find that now. I'm going to draw out this part of the 
fill the gap with page flicking noises as I oh that's a cool picture. Um oh where is it? Oh uh, it's one of my favourite like little bits of background what are you pages. For, mate? Um I really want to find it now. I thought it was in this book. I've always had it in my head as being in this book. Um it's like a picture of all the different sketches of all the different guard regiments. It's not going to be in here, and I'm now going to be like, spend, no, it's not in here. Oh, that's going to bug me now. Never mind, right, I shall have to ponder that one next time. Next time. So, moving more up to date, um, we are currently bombarded with a myriad of awesome things. Yes, we are. Uh, from Games Workshop, are we not? So, what would you most like to discuss Ooh, first? Sir? I don't know. Let's um, I'm gonna keep it simple, do we? Let's start with I. I would like to start with the Blackstone Fortress release, the sort of Chaos Command with the Ogrin and the Commissar. Yeah, really, really like that. Loving seeing what people have done with them. So, um, nice to see sort of an expansion of of, of um, Blackstone Fortress. Another one, it's quite cool. So they're keeping yeah. on top of that. Yes, I like um, I like the models. I like the Chaos Commissar. I like the Chaos Ogryn, yeah. definitely. Um, a, a little bit of me agrees with some of the comments about actually it was really exciting when when the um, when Blackstone Fortress came out and you saw the Spindle drones and Chaos Beastmen that we'd not seen them for a long time. Um, and like the little, the robot guy, and then the amble came out, out, and it was like revisiting really yeah, yeah. old concepts. And I hope we get to see yeah. more of that. And that's not to say I dislike the idea of the, the chaos commissar and the chaos offering, because actually, in truth, they have not been imagined in plastic before, so that's nice to see. But it would be nice to see some more, uh, historic. Type yeah, I know what stuff. you mean. Isotoric type stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, very nice models. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really I love the fact that it's a Chaos Commissar. It's a, it's a proper sort of... Yes. Pulling a bird on people. Isn't it? <laughs> so I like that. Yeah. Um, and I like the, the Ogryn is, is different enough from a lot of the other things that it's, it stands out. The, the moment... Yeah, sometimes there's a problem. Yeah, there, there's a when you've got so many different models that are very similar, um, making them stand out amongst the crowd is is quite tough, I should imagine. But every time I see that, I instantly can recognise it as not you know as being its own thing. So I'm quite keen to get my hands on them um, to keep up my Blackstone Fortress collection, um, which I really ought to start painting. If we're being completely honest, <laughs> before it really gets ahead of me, yeah. So that's that. Um, I think it's going to be quite tough to sort of cover Apocalypse, isn't it? To be honest, it's um. Oh no, let's. I'm going to do something that really excites. Us. Let's do the Sisters of Battle, dude, because I am absolutely so excited about this. That one of her running forward with the with a power her the her helmet on. Oh man. Yeah, what the actual painted example? Yeah, it's, it's so great. good. 
it's so good it's so dynamic and she's so well proportioned and the idea that if you want i really hope that you can i, I really hope that you can choose to have either helmeted or unhelmeted heads on the sprue because oh it's so good sister about a helmet is one of my favorite helmets in the game yeah period it's just brilliant Absolutely love it. I'm so excited about the Sisters of Battle, and I desperately don't want to love them so that I don't have to paint another brand new army. But I, I can see myself falling hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I think you're on to a no over there, my friend. I just, they are so, they're so nice, and I've always loved them. I've got like I've got a couple of squads of the metal ones, but and that was because I was going to have them to support my um, um, Black Templars. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I was going to have them to support my Black Templars, and it never really happened. Never really happened. I found the page. <clears throat> it's in Codex Imperial Guard 3rd Edition, if you're interested. Excellent. There's some really cool stuff in here, dude. Like, oh, that's going to go on the shelf. That's got like a, pit, a, a two-page spread of little sketches of the different Guard regiments. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Sisters of Battle. I mean, I... I was kind of just been hoping that, you know, the little things that we see weren't going to come together into something so amazing that, uh, uh, yeah. But Darren Latham's like sister of battle based on, um, Carl Kaplinsky's artwork. And then that, that, that model of her running forward painted is, oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be so hard. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to have to fine highlight all those edges, Dan. Stop me before I do. <laughs> They'll be out just in time for you, the, you to wrap no! up your goblins. One of the things I am happy with my goblins is though in doing my goblins, I've done my old goblins. So I am clearing my backlog at the same time. And I suppose if I do the Sisters of Battle, yes. I'll do my old Sisters of Battle. So I'll kind of clear a bit of that backlog too. Um, perhaps. That sounded like that sounded positive and like <laughs> I would I am clearing my backlog of models honest. <laughs> um yeah, so I'm really excited about that cuz I think it's there's a lot of people who really want them that want them so much more than me and just sort of listening to them get excited is exciting. I thrive off of other people's excitement. Yeah, um so I do. I love it. I love it when I you know, when I go into like a, a group and they're having a bit of a whinge, I just sort of leave because I find that really drags me down. But in the opposite sense, if I go into a group and they're like, oh, the sisters of battle look amazing. I'm like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, yeah, really quite. Yeah. So, yeah, that's those. Are you thinking of any of them to add into your Imperial Army? No. No, nope. It's not that they aren't stunning; they are. Um, but I've got not as big a backlog as you. But I suppose it's about I've got a big backlog and a lot less time yeah. to tackle it. Yeah, which is like a yeah. double whammy. So, um, as much as I'd love an army of them, um, it, it's just no. not realistic. It's nice to have that option there, though. Oh yeah, I mean, don't get, yeah, absolutely. I'd far rather there was, um, yeah, that the, the options were there, especially with the number of things sort of 
disappearing off the back end um that you've got to keep an eye on as well it's nice to have cool stuff coming on coming on new um the thing for me at the moment is terrain i've got i just seem to have this mad obsession with buying up box sets of terrain yeah um and i i really need to get some painted yeah uh so yeah need to do that so um sister battle very cool couple of new tanks so we've got the um new floaty death tank from for mechanica yeah. there's the scorpius disintegrator which i think is the yep. is the shooty one and then there's the tram transport version isn't there yeah i really like them i i i really like them because they they're not like anything they've ever done yeah yeah i agree i th- i think they're ace real different um they they really fit the mechanicum yeah um, yeah absolutely and and things like the fact that they are front emptying transport troop transports it is for me is really fitting it i mean just taking aside an assault boat it's often you know really useful to have them front emptying like I mean, the battering rams for the space marines you know the the rams that they have or even the like the, the landing craft from normandy but you know, when you're the Mechanicum and you're not really a fast attack army and you have a front opening troop transport, it shows a complete and utter disregard for everybody inside it. They're like, this is just a way for you to get there. Yeah. You don't really care if you get shot when you come out of it. Like, because we'll just rebuild you. You know, it's not a problem. <laughs> so I really like yeah. it. Oh, your leg's missing. We'll just stick some new ones on. Um, yeah, so I, I really like it. It's just odd looking, and I find that that's when you talk. When you listen to the guys talk on the podcast about silhouettes, there's yeah. nothing like that silhouette. It's completely and utterly unique, and I, and I think that's what makes it cool. Yeah, yeah, and also I quite like the fact that it's different in as much as it's it's obviously a grav tank so when you look across the mechanicum army you've got the battle servitors on tracks you've got the dune crawler on legs you've got the dune strider on well a dune crawler on lots of legs dune strider on two legs now you've got this which floats it really um fits the kind of mechanicum variety i suppose and you know, they just randomly trying out all sorts. Of yeah, things. experimentation, seeing what works. Yeah, yeah. Or you can imagine them just like digging away and, and pulling out a piece of paperwork that, and we're like, oh wow, that's uh, that's an STC design. We'll just chuck yeah. that one in. Yeah. Actually, it was a you know formerly a portaloo, but they've kind of <laughs> put some guns on it. And yes. <laughs> This is a tank. That's so true of the Mechanicum that they they understand so it little is. about the technology a... that they're messing around with that a lot of it probably was something completely benign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. What do you think of the that's Primaris one? Um, yeah, I think it's a natural evolution. Like when you look at the Rhino and then the Rhino becoming a... Razorback and Predator, yeah. Predator. Um, be nice to see something with a slightly different hull, but not yet. Although there is, isn't there? There's 
there's that video that was doing the rounds. Dar- Darren Latham's, yeah, Primaris pro- Lieutenant yeah. joke. What, well, yeah, and I, I think there's something that looks a bit like a slightly smaller transport yeah. only version, yeah. which is cool. Um, so yeah, I like it. I think it's good. It's nice to see other options for people. I'd quite like to um, see some MBTs with a lower silhouette. Yeah, because it's proper big. <laughs> it's really yeah, but it is a space it's marine. It's really vehicle, high. Isn't it? So. Yeah, and I th- there's a little part of me that looks at it and says, you know, I love it because it's just ridiculous, and that's what kind of 40k is about. But a bit like the Lehman Russ, where the hell are they storing the ammunition? <laughs> it's like if it's got a troop compartment, it's got a Gatling. That Gatling gun will eat through crates of the stuff, and you've got two twin-linked heavy bolters and missile pods and the battle cannon and what have you. You'd need the whole troop compartment just for batteries and bullets. <laughs> it's got um, it's got a mini warp rift, which is like teleporting rounds down from well, yeah. orbit. I'm sure that there was a there was a weapon in 40k where it they did that. It had like a not not teleported it in, but sort of built it out of resources that you know. Uh, yeah, well, the Necrons would probably. I do thought that, it was an Imperial they? one. I've got a feeling that. Oh, in my, I don't know. I got so many sort of random pieces of information in my head that it's difficult to remember whether or not it's Aliens versus Predators or 40k. But I, you know, <laughs> but I do recall at some point a weapon that it kind of manufactured its bullets as it, as it was doing it out, of, and you could stick like lumps of coal in and it would do it yeah i seem to remember something on those lines when um it's savage in the game yeah, it I is. Believe. that gun is really good which which one the, the gatling gun or the the main one sorry the big yes it gun. is it's so ridiculous it's quite nice though because like for a long time i felt like every other army almost had something that could out punch a space marine so it's nice to have like a main battle tank, whereas because b- before a long time ago, if you wanted something dead, you put a predator annihilator on the board. Yeah, and that was it. You know, second edition, you put a predator annihilator on. Blah blah, I'm done. <laughs> that was the end of it. And then they released the land raider, and that was like, yeah, the land raider. And then it was almost like Games Workshop went, oh dear, the land raider. We kind of need things that can deal with the land raider. And then the Eldar had all the guns in the universe. And then the tower had all the guns in the universe plus one. <laughs> and the space moons were like, oh, <laughs> I need more guns. And they got bigger guns now, so that's good. Not quite as big as that big tower's shoulder-mounted guns, though. No. 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 So, Apocalypse. I, I'm a bit Apocalypse overwhelmed, actually. I don't they did that thing that they do, and I really like. But I got overwhelmed by it, all the faction focuses. Oh yeah, because there was it was like when they did it with forty k, it was quite a long process, wasn't it? It was like two and a half months or something. This feels like the faction ones have come out over a lot shorter amount of time, and it. I had real trouble keeping up with them and assimilating them and putting them into context without really playing the game. If that makes any sense, does that make sense? No, no, I I understand. Yeah, yeah, I find that a lot though. Uh, 
you just want to get on and yeah. start playing. I I didn't have enough money to pick up Apocalypse this month. Um, and then I remembered that I don't think the box set's going to be around forever, is it? With all those, with all those cards. Uh, in. It, I, is it not? I know the cards no, yeah. weren't. Anyway, so yeah, I haven't I haven't even picked it up and read the rules yet. So I don't know. I'm. It's for me. Sorry, go on. I I was going to say I, I don't play games enough really to. I have I struggle at the moment to remember all the games that I do play to add Apocalypse in. I, I can see me doing it maybe once a year, so uh-huh. I didn't feel the the need to run out and buy the box. It feels like something I'd rather get with a group of people. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I think. Um, I, I think as a game, it sounds fantastic. Like I watched some of the how to yeah. play stuff, and I've watched a few of the battle reports online, and it seems right up my street. I really, really like it. Um, but I don't have a collection big enough to warrant it. And I know it can be played at smaller sizes, but that seems to miss the point of it for me. Um, and it is a lot of money to invest in it properly. Uh, it's quite a lot. And like you, I don't play loads. Um, but you know, something for the future. I'm, I, it's another thing that I'm glad is there. Um, because it, it looks ace, it looks really good. Tell me a bit about the rules then, because I um, know how how it plays. So, <clears throat> weapons have a, a oh, what is it they call it? Like a role versus personnel and a role versus tanks. Yeah. Um. So, to to cause um. Is it to cause wounds or hits? I can't remember. But anyway, cause hits or whatever it is. So, um, and it uses D12s. But this is what I like. This is quite a clever mechanic. So, when you hit people, they take blast markers um, in damage, instead of damage. And then they take blast markers in damage. And then at the end of the turn, in the damage phase, they roll their saves. So, that was quite a big thing they were talking about. So, that you... Essentially, you can't, nobody dies until the end of the turn. Yeah. So that's quite cool. But then, if you've got a large blast marker on you, uh, for every large blast marker on you, you take a save on a D6. And for every small blast marker, you take a save on a D12. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got, only got small blast markers on you, um, which is invariably from the smaller weapon types, a less weight of fire, then you're more likely to say like a Terminator with his three up, I think it's a three up save. Um, a three up save on a D12. Yeah. Quite likely to make. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's one of the main things I can remember really. And it's all done on detachments and they receive different yeah. orders. So, like you might have it it kind of it rewards you for having detachments which are made up of similar unit types because you can only issue one order so like you there's one order which lets you shoot you see the shoot twice or shoot with a modifier to hit 
but that's the only thing you could do. So if you had close combat troops in that detachment, they would be stuck. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like the saves yeah. at the end of the turn idea. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. And I was going through a box of stuff yesterday, and I found some um, blast, like resin blast markers that I bought to do to mark hull point damage yeah. on tanks back before yeah. they got rid of that. Um, and I was like, uh huh. Useful. <laughs> These are useful. So yeah, I I definitely like to play it at some point. I think it will be one for the future when when there's a bit more time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, it sounds cool. I, like I said, I like the look of it. I just it hasn't completely grabbed me yet. But I can imagine it be it would be the sort of thing where I'd be like, I'd be quite excited to be like Ben, get out your get out your iron snakes. We're going to yeah. Warhammer World. And then just get Apocalypse and go up there and just spend a weekend yeah. learning to play it with with like your Iron Snakes and as much of my chaos as I could get and get some of the other guys together. And... That'd be cool. Would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think if if there was a an event a you know a game that was planned, I think I'd feel more inclined to do it. But um, as it stands, possibly not. Um, so lastly, uh, what, lastly of releases, I think, there's a few things, other things I'd like to talk about is, um, Chaos Knights. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Uh, it could so easily have been just, here's some gubbins to stick on a, on a model. Could have so easily been that, but it's not. It's a totally new kit. Um, well. Have you listened to Jez Goodwin's podcast about Knights? No. So the most, I think it was the most recent Voxcast, is Jez talking about the genesis of, of the Knights and yeah, then the yeah. Chaos Knights. And it, it, it's just fabulous listening to how they, how they come up with it and the thinking they had and trying to change the silhouette yeah. again. Talking about changing the silhouette, trying to change the weapons options, um, trying to create Knights that were both generic but had enough space on them that you could do your own thing to make them yeah, more god specific. Yeah. Uh so for example he was talking about like on the armor plates, if it was going to be corrupt, put the corruption around the edge of the armor plate so that people can still apply a transfer to the yeah. middle of the armor plate. Um things like that, which I thought was was very cool. Um mm. giving people flexibility. The fact that the gauntlet on the Chaos one is on the opposite arm to the gauntlet on the Imperial one. So if people really want to, they can can have a double gauntlet. That's really cool. Is it clean enough yeah. that you could make it a double gauntlet for a 40k one as well? Uh, for a for an Imperial, yeah, for a, a Loyalist For one. a Loyalist one. I don't know. I haven't had a good look, but nobody would want to do that anyway. Okay. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think you're wrong, but, you know. Ah. <laughs> I certainly imagine that Forge World will phase out their Chaos Knight upgrade kit now, because why would they not? Yeah. It's a bit of a shame, though. It does give you an extra option. Yeah, but it's just not as good. Yeah. By a, a long way. I mean, they just look so yeah. good. And all those spikes and bits would just be so cool to have for, like, Doing tanks and 
Yeah. Things, you know, other yeah. chaos things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, it looks great, doesn't it? So, what, one last thing before we, we close up Galaxy of War and move into the Mortal Realms is I'm, it's on the sort of, I should have possibly done this after Apocalypse. Simon Grant's Space Wolf Apocalypse Army. Did you, did you see it? No. So good. <laughs> so many Space Wolves. Yeah. Okay. So one of the cool things about the um the, the articles they're doing is they've been looking at people's uh, apocalypse armies, um and Simon Grant is obviously a big space wolf player, so his is space wolf. And I've really enjoyed looking at that and having a, it it kind of inspired me over the last month to sort of to make some headway with my space wolves again. Cause um they've been on the back burner for months now. And I really want to do Shadow Spear and get those done. <clears throat> <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, there's some other cool ones on there, like uh, Peachy's uh, Jeans to the Colts, with, like little robot things in there for you know the uh, the um, Mechanicum robots that he sort of converted to to fit in with it. That's really cool. Um, and uh, one of the things he's done is he's I don't know whether it's on the kit. I don't. I had. I did mean to have a look, but his. Um, Quad biker has got like a spaceman helmet on it, which looks really cool, rather than like just a head. Um, I really like right. that. So, yeah, some cool armies that you know. If if you haven't, if you don't follow the community site, it's worth going on and having a look at them because I I quite like seeing armies in White Dwarf and online, especially when there's lots of pictures because you can really sort of look in and see what people have done because it's often really difficult to, you know, for all of those things to be easy to see and i do quite look trying to spot the cool conversion that's one of my favorite games i'm so sad (laughs) (laughs) right that's me done i've got nothing more cool well in that case i mean the thing is there's so much stuff coming out at the moment it's such an awesome world we could just talk 40k forever um but it is important to um us that we have a broad range of subjects uh, in a desperate attempt to get, you know, a couple more people interested. Um, <laughs> so, with that in mind, um, we shall go to the Mortal Realms. Hi guys and welcome to the Mortal Realms. I haven't got a good quote for you. I did. I did try. I've got my Witch Hunter's Handbook out um, and my Life of Sigma book, and none of them. They all sounded just a bit corny in isolation. So, no quote for you. Sorry. Although the Witch Hunter's Handbook was an interesting little flick through in the interim. I actually have that and the Life of Sigma one. They were must-haves when they came out for me. I just thought they were they were superb, Lo- lovely. Like before, really before Black Library did lots of cool books like that. They did mm. those two and the Munitorum and the Uplifting Primer, and I thought they were really well produced. Like particularly the two Guardsmen ones, I felt like I, they felt like you, they were like an artifact, like yes. a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I've no quote. 
But we've got so much to talk about in Age of Sigma. It's it's really quite good fun. So where do we want to start, dude? Do you want where to start? Like to start talking about what you found in the general handbook? Yeah, the general handbook. So, um, I've had a good old flick through like my sections on this. I, I just said to Dan, I apologise because um, the only things I've really had a look at to compare um, are, are my Iron Jaws and Gloom Spike kits. So. Um, I'm well chuffed, mate. My, most of my army is cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Like a significant amount cheaper. So, remember I talked about the Ard Boys earlier? Uh-huh. So, in the past, they were 160 points for 10, uh, or 450 for 30. They're now a flat 140 points per 10, which is a big difference. Mm. Um. And generally, everything has been reduced. So the only thing that I can find that hasn't been reduced is the Gore Grunters and the Megaboss and the War Chanter and the Shaman. So the more Crusher, both the special character version and, and the uh, Megaboss, normal Megaboss one, um, Ard Boys, Brutes, um, and all of the uh, battalions have been reduced in points. Yeah. Which is super cool because um, I just think that you can get more bang for your buck now. Which is, you know, everyone wants to have, like, more stuff for their points, don't they? Really, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's definitely. Um, really liking some of the changes they've made to the Iron Jaws Allegiance abilities. And I'm going to use those as a highlight. Because I flicked through some of the others and had a little look, and it's the same kind of thing has been done across, you know, the whole, um, all of them. So they've tidied up the wording in a lot of places to make a lot more sense. So things like uh, armor, armor of Gork, which is one of the artifacts of power. If the unmodified save roll for an attack made with a melee weapon that targets the bearer is six, is a clarification on the previous where it just said. Uh, if the save roll is a six. Um, so they've done a lot of tidying up across the board with that, which just makes the whole, the whole section on Iron Jaws make a lot more sense. I only had to read them once, where sometimes I have to read them, I've had to read them a few times in the past to fully grasp what they meant, which might be because, because I'm illiterate. It's possible. Well, they, um, they have said a few times, haven't they? They're moving towards, you know, that's one of the things they're trying to do is make, make things really unambiguous yeah yeah and i think they've done a good job with that um and i like i said i've I've focused on the iron jaws um but i've sort of looked at the others to to compare some of the other things as well there seems to be a a lot more sort of extra little tables and options in here so for example the iron jaws have now got a spell law in here with six spells um which is really cool some of them are excellent um because really my my shaman only had two spells, which is just a bit of crap, really. Um, so yeah. um, it's now got eight options, which I think is just much better. Um, and it doesn't say that it replaces the foot of Gork. So no, they, they don't normally. Normally, you get the 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 ex, two basic powers: Mystic Shield and Arcane Bolt. Yeah, and plus your normal power in your War Scroll, plus one off your list. Yeah, so there's a couple of great ones in there, um, but they're, they're they're good in that they they give me more options. Um, none of them are sort of stand out. I mean, the foot of, foot of Gork for me, 
I think is a real standout spell because it it's either does nothing or just annihilates everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like what I love about the Iron Jaws. One of the things they've done a lot of is um is is make things more likely to happen. Um so I'll give an example. Mighty Destroyers is the rule that allows you to move um to move them at the start of the hero phase. Do you, do you remember that one? I've used it against you enough. Yeah, yeah. And you, you roll for each of the units. So before it was uh, roll a dice in your hero phase for your general and each friendly Iron Jaws hero. This is a battle trait. Um, and add two to the roll for your general. On a roll of six plus, pick a friendly unit wholly within 12 of that model being rolled for and that unit can immediately make a normal move. It is more than 12 inches from the enemy. So you, you had the potential to move well, quite a lot of your units. In, in my army, I had almost as many heroes as I had units, so I could move, theoretically move them all if I wanted to, if I'd rolled the sixes. They've changed that now. Mighty Destroyers is no longer a battle trait. It's a command ability. And I've just closed the book like a plonker. And I can use this command ability in my hero phase. And if you do so, pick one friendly iron jaw unit within wholly within 12. Um, and that unit can make a normal move without rolling. <laughs> so it's, it's playing on the fact that you now have more command points than you used to. And you can choose to use them to move your units up. Um, which means, in a way, you're going to only be able to do a few of them on the first turn, or you could wait and then go all out on your second turn. Yeah, build up your pool um, a little bit. Yeah, like that. And the the battle trait is smashing and bashing, um, which used to be... Uh, I'm balancing two books in my hands at the same time, guys, so I'm sort of... Sorry, it used to be one of the battle traits... But the, you didn't have the command ability, so you just sort of added that in. And it's keeping um, Eager for Battle, which is a plus one to charge rolls. So there's quite a lot of changes, actually, just for the Iron Jaws and um, the good changes. Because I think that um, there's a, there has been a lot of... Um, there's a lot of risk with the Iron Jaw army in that, you know, you, you could you could quite easily not get a lot of stuff off whereas with this it, it now feels like you're making a tactical decision to use your command points to do one thing or another mm. um which i think would involve get me more involved in how i played with my unit rather than just go oh well, let's just roll yeah. all these dice and see what happens and oh look i've managed to do nothing or brilliant i'm now right down your throat and all my units are in combat and that was just fluke so yeah I'm I'm really happy yeah. with the changes. Um, the other section that I flicked right through straight to is um, the narrative section because I do love my narrative games. Um, absolutely loving the regiments of renown, and um, and this is going to sound really sad. There's a name generator in here, Dan, and I really like it. Yeah, I know. I heard yeah. that was in there. That's ace. That's a great bit of news. Yeah. It reminds me of how boring some of the hero names can be, like the good heroes. You've got iron and eagle <laughs> and lightning and fire, and then you go over to the, the iron jaws, and it's 
Big Tooth and Grot Pruncher and the and the artist. <laughs> so you'd have like Bracker Bloodclaw the Green Beast or something. And it's just, it's just so much more fun, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I I have only sort of like I said, been really specific with the handbook and picked out my army, but um I think the general theme for me is that they've they've tidied a lot up a lot of the wording. Um so that that looks like it's gonna be quite a good improvement across the board. A lot clearer. And I hope that good, other good. people have had um similar kind of boosts to their non codex or older codex armies. So if you've had um any changes to your army and um, we'd love you to get in contact and tell us a bit more about it because it's yeah, hard for us definitely. to compare all of them in the time we've got. So it'd be cool to just hear Even better, chuck up some pictures of a game that you've had with them in the uh hobby hobby group yeah that would be awesome that'd be really that's a cool idea i knew there was a reason we had you around (laughs) (laughs) yes well by the mortal realms it's just snippets of awesome every now and then so dan war cry yes ben war cry what a stunning set of miniatures i know like completely apart from the rules what a flipping fantastic set of miniatures and a wonderful way to explore the various realms um, and the, the sort of type, types of chaos you get. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've been... Oh, mate. You know those crazy, wavy, flappy arm things? Which... What? That um, that's, they use at car sales? Yeah, yeah. Four courts. So today I saw <laughs> on Facebook, somebody had got that Slanesh guy with stilts. <laughs> yeah. And they put him, and it was like crazy stilted Clory Arman. Great deals on motor cars, <laughs> and then it was it was brilliant. I thought that was ace, but yeah, I mean, and then what I really liked is like the, the Iron Golems. Unsurprisingly, are my favourites. I I really I really like them. I like the range from going from you've got the dwarf, and then you've got. Like the the mid sized men, and then you've got the big ogre sized dude yeah. in there. I really like that. Um, did various weapons that you don't often see, so I I like that. And then the last war band that have just been shown, the Zinch one, again, totally different. Yeah, like totally completely different. different, aren't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. The I mean, the Slanishy type looking one that we've already mentioned with the with the stilt guy again out there the the snake dudes you know the only uh, the only one that's like classic chaos i suppose is the beast one and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that either I, they are amazing yeah um so yeah it's great to see the variety and the terrain oh i was looking at the spruce oh just such an awesome range of terrain yeah i yeah. it's it, I think the diversity of the warbands is a big selling point for me. Um, there, there's got to be. I, I I don't like chaos typically. I like the odd one or two models, and I like a well painted army, whatever it is. Um, but but I like almost all of them because there's bits of each and every one of them that I like. Like on the mm. on the iron ones, I like the helmets. Um, yes. on the beastmen, I love like the sort of feral nature of them. Um, 
the new Zinch ones, I don't like the crests on the helmet, but I love how dynamic and sort of martial arty they are. You know, with like the Naginata style spears and the, the sword in the kind of Chinese sort of, um, Tai Chi hold. And oh, so, so different, all of them. I love the Raven ones, the Corvus are just great. I think there's, there's got to be a warband that uh, almost anyone would be able to relate to in some way, like aesthetically go, oh, well, I like that one. Um, and, this just feels like the start as well. And we've talked a lot about this with the Mortal Rounds, but and we've talked a lot about it with 40k and Blackstone Fortress, and um it feels like they're using this to sort of scratch deeper into what chaos actually is, because chaos has been exactly the same for as long as I have ever played this game. That you could put a model in front of me and I'd be able to go, that's corn, that's Nurgle, that's Slanesh, that's Sinch. They all look very much like them. And now they've they've kind of it's like they've got the playbook and just threw it in the bin. Yeah. And so what's chaos? What does it what does chaos actually mean? Those new Zinch ones, one of my the favourite bits about them is that they come from a city, a normal order city, and they just sort of live there. Not openly, but they are there. So they've taken on elements of how that city looks. They've taken on, they've learnt the martial arts and the martial arts school in that city. So it, it just stops it from being like, oh, chaos is like this rampaging horde where they kind of all live together and eat breakfast together and then go out and kill the nearest tribe together. It's that they actually might be in your city. It kind of, it's a model that allows that sort of, allows that sort of message to get put across rather than just a book or a bit of background. And I really like that. I really like that. I like the, um, the the variety of like height that you see in the in the terrain, which gives an indication of of how things are going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, with it, which which is great. I like the fact it's on the the sort of kill team size board. I think that's good. Well, there's a um, lot of kill team similarities, isn't there? Like, there's the yeah. the mausoleum like terrain box, which feels like a battle zone. You know, box. Yeah. Um, and the gangs, I think, are going to come out in similar kind of boxes to the to the kill team gang um, units. But I think they're going to stick around rather than the kill team ones. T- send. I don't know if they still do like some of the earlier ones. Like, I don't know if you could still get the Space Wolf one, for example. I haven't looked recently. I think you can. But it feels like that. Yeah. Except rather than just sort of repackaging some Reavers, we've got a... <laughs> We've got brand new models, and that's got to be good. Yeah. It's got to be good. And what I really like is that this is this is all at once. Yeah. So, like with Kill Team and Shadespire, or Underworld, so, you know, I'm still having the habit of calling it Shadespire, you get like a drip feed, don't you? So here's the next gang, and here's the next gang, and here's the next gang. All of the cards are done. You know, you can buy the pack of cards for the Gloom Spike Gits and the Iron Jaws, and the, they're all kind of there. So it feels like from day one, any player can either get the gang that they want or the Chaos gang or Warband that they want and, and, and play. And it feels like it's probably going to be really balanced. Yes. Yeah. I because agree. it's all been done at once and it's all been released at once. Because, I, you know, there's always that creep when you get a new thing built. 
you know, however hard you try, I, I don't think it's ever really been a hundred percent balanced. Um, and I think I feel it feels like you got all of this cool stuff at once, so it's it's going to be like you know, a lot more accessible in a way, rather than people going, "Yeah, I'm going to wait for the Iron Jaws cards," for example. I'm quite interested to see what the campaign rules are going to be like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I I think it'll be interesting to see what the campaign will be like, um, and and also whether it requires any more miniatures, whether or whether they are capped out at the size that the box is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it, sa- it says something about in the release schedule that um, the box comes with beasts like uh, chaos beasties, and that you, they can join your warband in the campaign mode. Mm. So I, I'm hoping that they can. You know that you, we are going to see well, yeah. a, a, a bigger. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I remember reading that. Yeah. Well, you'll find out soon enough, sir. Yes. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, so you're going to pick it up. Probably not. No. I love it. Don't get me wrong again. It's nothing to do with the the product. The product is fantastic and it is really good. And it's probably right up my street because the game size um, is going to be really good. But again, it's just it's just time. Yeah. It's just time. You know, um, Ben is going to get it, I think. So it'd be great to play against him. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just... I won't. I won't get it painted, um, and then I certainly won't be playing many games. I mean, I've still got one, two, three, four, five, six kill zones from forty k. No, seven kill zones from forty k to build and paint. Um, Good job, terrain wise. So yeah. Good job. So yeah, not not for me on this at this point. Although I do love the Iron Golem, so. You never know. Um, I wonder if they're going to get rules to be used as units. Well, it's interesting you should mention that. So I read on on Facebook today that someone mentioned that the base sizes of the miniatures in Warcry was 28 mils, which is another different size of base. Nah. I know. Well, that's what I thought. Um, but Because the point they were making was that uh, was to do with fighting in ranks or what have you, and I thought oh, that seems a bit daft. But we'll wait and see. No one will know. I, I, they look like they're on thirty-two mils. Mm. That would be my. But apart from the the big golem is on a fifty-something. You know the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just checking what I was saying about the beast, just to remind myself and make sure that I'm not chatting nonsense. Which, to be honest, is very possible. Um, a selection of Chaos Beasts add extra challenges to your games and can even be added to your warband in longer campaigns. So, yeah. I really like that scenery, actually. I've just had a proper look at it. Yeah, I do as well. I reckon you could add that in with Azurite Ruins and make a proper like, yep. expansive old thing. I wonder... Oh, that's a question that I, I haven't seen answered. I wonder if they are compatible with the Azurite Ruin box set. Ooh. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Because like in forty in forty k, a lot of the stuff is compatible. Mm. Yeah. I keep an eye out for that uh, and post something if I spot it. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be very good. Yeah. So like the the net first box set that we've seen, I don't know what they called it. Ravaged Lands is the Corpse Rack Mausoleum, which looks like it's um the Mausoleum box set yeah. and a board, um or part of the Mausoleum box set and the board. Um, and the cards that are going to be released on day one 
are the Stormcast Eternals, Daughters of Cain, the Deepkin, Nighthorn, Iron Jaws, Gloomspike Gits, Legions of Nagash, Flesh Eater Courts, and uh, Blown Bone Spitters, Bone Splitters. <laughs> um, so that's almost all of them, isn't it? I can't think of another large faction. So the ogres aren't represented. Um, the dwarves aren't represented. I don't think I heard you say wanderers. Nah, the wanderers don't need representing. No. And unfortunately, there's no tomb kings. So, you know, never oh. mind. Um, on, the, on the subject of sort of... Oh, I had not seen that, the ruler. Yeah. Flexible rubber thing. It's quite an interesting looking thing. Doesn't excite me at all. And your favourite little carry cases... Yeah, I love these. <laughs> I was looking at these earlier. I was looking at the price of them, and I was like, "Oh." Um. So, on releases or not releases, or the things that disappear, and you mentioned earlier about the things that disappear out of the back door while things are coming in through the front door, a bit like a uh, Led Zeppelin song, and uh, the the all of the green skins have gone <laughs> off the website. So I was like, oh, hey. I quite like a green skin sort of section to my uh, uh, sort of gathering destruction army, my growing destruction army. And I'd just done those green skins to things from the old starters kit. And I was like, Try, I've got, this is really irritating, my collection of bits. I've got t- 15 bodies and heads and legs, right? You're going to love this. Um, but no arms <laughs> i don't even know how that's possible dan no i was going to say how has that happened i mean i i can i managed to sort of gather together bits and convert them to make five and then i thought i can't be bothered this is going to take ages so i've just sort of left those five and i might use them for something like dungeons and dragons or something because unfortunately they come in tens anyway which leads me on to, I got in a panic and I was like, well, what if I can't use these things in my army anymore? Because I've, I've got two units of 20 here and it'd be a bit gutting if I could just paint them up and then they'd have to st- sit on like a shelf of, here's a box set of old. And if I was going to do that, then I may as well not put them on the round bases. All those sort of things you think about when you're assembling old models. And, uh, but they're in the, um, the points are still in the general's handbook. So I, genuinely don't know what's going on because i thought if they'd have got rid of the range they'd have just got rid of them out of the general's handbook um and also i've seen lots of sneak peeks of very iron jewelry orky looking weapons yeah so <laughs> i'm hoping fingers crossed that we're going to see a reboxing and release of um greenskins maybe in the same way that they've done gloom spike gits and joined the um Moonface Grots, Spider Grots, um, Trolls, all of that lot together in one army, that we're going to see a rebranding of Iron Jaws to, like, Iron Jaws and Happy Family. <laughs> you know, all, all the greenskins. Which, I wouldn't be sad if that happened. Because um, I know we talked a lot about in the past how it felt like they were exploding out different units into whole armies. And that's cool. But I quite like to see the green skins playing a bigger role, like the normal green skin. Yeah. And I, the ball boys were so good, I just can't see them getting rid of them. They were lovely models. And they're still selling the Bone Splitters version of them. So, yeah, that's what I think. I think we're going to see. This is my prediction. 
I think we're going to see a re-release of some form of green skins pretty soon. And I think we're going to see a release of elves pretty soon because there's lots of those on school hints kicking around. Yeah, that I'm very excited by. Very excited by. Because I've been thinking of doing elves order next for Age of Sigma because of that painting where it's the goblins versus the elves. And I got the goblin side all done. And I quite like to do, like, because I've got Grom the Paunch, I'd like to do Eltharion and the Grim again, you know? Yeah. And um, have those two old school models and the two opposing forces, but do the army in the same style as that painting. So they're really white and bright and like, like a proper realm of light looking army. And I was quite excited by the idea of using the white contrast paint to sort of get the basics done. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean it. So getting the whole kind of army done with that white paint and then highlighting them up a bit and then just picking out the armour and the other bits and keeping them really bright. But we, we'll just see. I'm going to do a few test models because I've got plenty of the old um, Blood Island elves to mess around with. Yeah. Um, do some test models of them. There's some nice models in there. Yeah, it's a shame I can't use them anymore. Because I've I've got almost a hundred of the Loth and Seaguard. It's quite depressing that I can't use them. <laughs> Mind you, having said that, it's almost relieving because I couldn't honestly imagine painting a hundred elves. I think that would break me a little bit. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just mulling over what you were saying. Well, I've got to double check because last time you fell asleep at this point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I'm definitely still here. Good. So that's that would be my plan. But the only problem with that plan is that that means I would have painted Age of Sigma for a very long time. And I think my 40k forces are starting to cry for attention. Yeah. Owls on the wind, I can hear them. Yeah. Right. I don't... Is there anything else you want to discuss, dude? There's not. And I don't think there's any releases that we've missed. Warcry has been like the big thing. Oh, one thing that's worth saying is the elves are here. So the, the Sylvaneth are about to arrive. Oh, yes. Huzzah. So the trucks have managed to make it through the wherever they've been. <laughs> There's one thing that I will say about that release. I much preferred the old Sylvaneth dice. Yeah, me too. I don't get this. I've said it loads of times. I don't get all these random to-use dice. Get sign nerves. What, all the different pictures? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't use them for a tournament. I, no. Because I'd feel like... I don't know. That they're just. I'd have to take my time to read them, yeah. and I think if someone else was using them, I'd be looking at them, going, "Did you just pick up a six or a one? I don't know." Um, so yeah, I, I can I completely agree, but um, I don't know if you're going to be able to buy the um, the character separately yet because he's in the picture of the. No, he's not. That's not him. Ignore me. Completely ignore me. Yeah. So that's quite cool. Joe's excited. Um, and I will be picking up some of the trees just because the trees are flipping amazing. The awakened woodland, wildwood, love it. Yeah, I love that woods. That's Absolutely good. brilliant. And I've just scrolled down past that bit and seen that they've releasing a start collecting space with Primaris. Yep. And the start collecting Thousand Suns, which has got a ton of models in. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? It's good, that one. Oh, if I keep going further, there's Titanicus Titans. <laughs> oh yeah, the Wood Elf Wood Elf Blood Bowl team. That's another, that's the last thing. I knew there was something we'd missed out. That's been on pre-orders this week as well, and they're very sweet. There we go. 
Is that everything? I think so, yeah. Cool. Right, well then, it's time for the community. It is. Cheery bye. Tube, <laughs> so Bristolian. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in the other section. Hail, glorious community. We are back to a community section once more um, with some shout outs and a prize winner as well. Oh, well, not a prize winner, I suppose. A winner for this month. Um, although it can't be long until we do another prize one. No, I think it's pretty soon. It is pretty soon. So, Ben, Instagram, go. Instagram. So, um, the first one I'd like to shout out is, I, I've, I mean, I've, I've called this guy out numerous occasions, member of Iron Sleet, um, Colty, uh, with two T's, um, for his Mordine project, because it's, it's just, unbelievable dan um yeah it's, i know <laughs> i mean it's really good isn't it? i cannot say how much i am in love with this project it is it's just groundbreaking hobby as far as i'm concerned so it it's an all-in project so from the ground up he has built a board and with all the town ruined bits in it and it's micro detailed, so it's not just sort of a board with some buildings that it moves around. It is micro detailed, so it's or the environment is fully kind of imagined. And then he's been building himself a number of war bands to play on it. And I just particularly love the Empire one, and um, with the ogre and all the little details. And he's a stunning painter, paints in a very bland chitsu old kind of Warhammer style, and. He's been recently posting pictures of games played on it, and I, I I don't even know how to put it into words. It hits every hobby button like a hammer. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah, it does. It's absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So if you're into Mordheim, or you like skirmish games, or you like old Warhammer, or you just like fantasy hobby, please go and have a look at this guy's page. Um, He's part of Iron Sleet, so www.ironsleet.com will have pictures on it, but he's K-O-L-T-T-I on Instagram. Well worth it. Um, my second shout-out is to a chap called Anamnesis Studio, who um, has been doing a fantastic... His name's David. But he's behind the studio. He's been doing a fantastic... Uh, version of that uh, new Sylvaneff chap who <laughs> in typical two-piece fashion I can't remember the name of it um, oh what's it called? Oh with the wings yeah the, the guy, guy with, with the wings, wings and the yeah. spear so he's been yeah. doing a, a fantastic version of that, He's he's got a really great Sylvaneff army and he's done a cool kind of bluey purpley blade on it and um He's done a superb tutorial on how to do it, Dan, um, on his blog blog page, um, which is anamnesismadness.blogspot.com. Uh, obviously, all the links of this will be on our show notes when you listen to it. it. It's not only a good sort of tutorial on how to do the blade itself. It's a good tutorial on how to do non-metal metallics on a blade, period. And not only that, it's a really good tutorial on how to do 
blending on a surfaces period as well. So it's a really nice little um, tutorial and I would recommend that people go and have a look at it if they can. So um, that's been my highlights of the last month, those, those two things. Um, I have to say though, at the moment, the amount of awesome hobby is just mind blowing. I don't know. I, I think that it almost balances out the amount of non-awesome politics. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you don't shout some people out on the on the Facebook page, I will I will jump in because there's a few I'd like to call out. Um, so over to cool. you. Well, I've got I've got a um, couple bits, quite specific bits to say. So um, the first thing is a congratulations to Rob Davis um, for Ober on the Bowl. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, and quite appropriately, the winner of um, June's Hero of Legend yeah. competition. So uh, well done, buddy. Really, well, just excellent. And the, the standard of the entries was superb. Um, and really nice to see quite a few. So this month is Engine of War. So that gives people a chance to explore many, many things, really, from cannons to titans. Yeah. Um, so it'd be good to see, good to see that. Um, shout outs wise, I think the main one for me, and there's been lots of great ones, but Simon, uh, Roger, Brian Andrews has put up some characters from uh, Warhammer Quest, the original Warhammer Quest. Yeah, that's one of the um, ones I was going to so, show so, out because it's amazing. Yeah, the barbarian, the wizard, and the dwarf. Absolutely fantastic. Really, really nice realization of some older miniatures. Um, I love it. I think it's really, really nice. Um, so yeah, that, that was the one that, that really jumped out at me as I was scrolling down through, but there's so much great work. I mean, Tom Taylor Big has got his uh, his Harlequins. He's doing more. That was on. the second one I wanted to shout out. They are superb, Tom. Yeah. Absolutely superb. The aforementioned Rob is 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 doing a war boss, dude. And it's the like the old oh, metal yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that's a um, Gorka Morka model. Is it? Yeah, because he posted that he bought it like the, the, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's a Gorka Morka model. It's um, it's really class, isn't it? It's lovely to see it. Actually, um, I'd love to see it like being painted by someone who is so good at painting. So yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that finished. Yeah, yeah. So, so some really good stuff on there. What? Anybody else you were going to shout? No, out that on was there? that was my main ones. Um, really liked those. Um, so yeah, now that particularly wanted to shout out the Hero Quest stuff and the, and the and the Harlequins, both really awesome projects. Yeah, and thank you guys again for keeping the um, the hobby group a nice positive place and quite an active place as well, which is lovely to see. Yeah, it's really it's really important to us that the place is positive and friendly and welcoming, and and we don't have to do anything to make that happen. So you guys are just awesome. So thank you very much. Mm. Um, so I thought what would be cool, Ben, unless you've got anything else you wanted to talk about for the community section, is to round it up with a bit of thoughts from you regarding the Roll Dice Gaming trip that you went on. Um, yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, there is there's one event that I wanted to shout out that I haven't, I hadn't, um, 
I hadn't seen this last year, and I hadn't heard of it up until now. But it, and I kind of forgot the name of it. I've just spotted it like a few hours ago when I was buying my um, Age of Sigma Open Day ticket, which the story of having had them, then they were sold because, well, they were returned because you weren't going, and then we went to buy them, and they weren't available, and then they've just been made available again today. So we've just bought our tickets, and we're very excited about it. But um, there's like a um, a masterclass week um, the Games Workshop are running where it's £150 for the whole week and um, you get the idea is you, I think you do a project in Warhammer World and you'll have the support from studio team and um, you, know, you know various skilled individuals will come in sort of give ideas and help as you do it through the week and you have Bugman's well, that sounds amazing. Bugman's meals every day, and um, free access to the um, events hall for 150 quid, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. And it, and, and, and there's evening heavy metal masterclasses as well. Wow. I know. Well, that sounds amazing. And, and there's there's one and two. I don't know if they're meant to follow on from each other. Um, but one of them is in like in a couple of weeks, end of July, and one of them is at the start of August, and they haven't sold out, so I don't know what is happening. Um, I guess people haven't found the time off, but I, I guess as well with a week, you've got a range of accommodation nine to ten. Yeah, you, you do, but you know, if you if you're doing an army project, you're kickstarting an army project uh, to have those people around to sort of help you do it. And I can't remember all the details. Honestly, though, it it looks amazing, and I would, I would um, seriously consider sorting it out to do next year. Yeah, really would. Um, but that would take some planning. Really, that's, that's probably it, isn't it? It's the summer holidays, and it's really difficult to get a week off. If you lived yeah. in Nottingham, it would, <laughs> that would just happen. I, You'd be yeah. all right then. Anyway, that, that's one thought. So. Roll dice. Um, wow. Um, where do we start with this one? I thought it was a fantastic first shot at such a huge event, really. There's so many positives. Um, that I don't, almost don't know where to start. So the venue that they chose was brilliant. It was big. It was airy. There was plenty of room. Um, there was loads of room so that you could have the tournaments in and amongst the um the traders and the you know the displays so you ended up with like i felt like a more of a buzzy kind of atmosphere where you could just sort of wander over look at a game and then go back and look at um what was going on and else elsewhere um i would have liked to have seen more traders i think um like there was no one selling games workshop stock um there was no one there. I was hoping to pick up the Fallout board game, uh, the Fallout uh, hobby game, you know, miniatures game. Yeah. Starters kit, that, that, no one was selling that. Uh, and I would have thought that was a fairly sort of standard for a, a lot of, you know, the uh, yeah, specialist games. Be, really. But um, yeah, so I'd like to see a bit more. No one was selling paint, which is just remarkable. Um, so there's room for improvement, but the traders that were there were really cool, um, really friendly, Good. really happy to talk to, um, and 
some really cool product products. There was one guy who had a wound wang that I thought was hilarious. It's like a little plastic <laughs> thing where you can record your wounds on. Um, and the demo games there were superb. And what I'm going to do is because of how good they were, we're going to segue on to into the wild section. So, um, I can talk about them if that makes any sense to you. There. Yeah, that's so fine. I'll, I'll do that in just a second. Um, the painting competition, I, I'm going to give it a little kind of five minutes on its own, was run by Cult of Paint, who are the, it's the first time I've come in contact with them in person. Although Henry is, well, we've chatted to him online. Incredibly professional, had a really clear vision of what they wanted to do. It was set up really well. Um, and the quality of the miniatures in that, in that competition were really incredible. Um, yeah. And that only could have happened because those guys were attracting that kind of attention, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, there's some models there that have, that entered into the competition that have won golden demons. Um, and so having a look at them in person, like the wonderful one with the raptor coming through the window hmm. and taking out the, the custodian was there in person. Um, and the best bit was <laughs> that they'd got, um, of course, Andy Wardle and Richard Gray, uh, were both there and they had some of their models on display. And I could have sat and looked at them all day. <laughs> It's really hard to get across in how much better things look in person than they do on on oh yeah you know on the internet or on the pages of White Dwarf. Um, I I took photos of Andy Wardle's Blood Angels squad, which nailed the argument for me about <laughs> do I highlight my Blood Angels up in orange or when I come to do them do I want to go for the pink? Uh, pink. The, the kind of because his the, that squad is stunning in person, like really uh, incredible. How much better that looks in person rather than um, in, in the photographs. And I'd seen it through the cabinet over like the twenty people that surround every cabinet in Golden Demon, so I hadn't really had a good chance to have a look at it. But with, with this, that I could this time really get up close, like I could touch it if I wanted to, although. You know, every ounce of hobby etiquette says you don't do that. Um, oh, mate, it's just amazing. And they were all really cool, really helpful, had loads of advice to give. Um, and yeah, they're a great team, those guys. Yeah. And a big thanks to Andy and Henry for having a long chat and putting up with me being a total fanboy. Um, and uh, unfortunately didn't get much of a chance to talk to Richard Gray, but. Because um, he was running a painting lesson, which mm. <laughs> he was doing freehand as a freehand lesson. Again, yeah. the photographs of what he'd yeah. done and seeing them in person. Oh my days! He's it's abnormally good. <laughs> it's just so bad. Look like the detail is insane. I'm like, how do you do that? Like the tiny little, tiny little detail that he had on the skull. Like the tiny little cracks perfect absolutely stunning so i i snuck joe's um deepkin up there entered into the competition uh and she won a bronze so well tough for her um 
and I entered a few things and, and won myself some silvers in that too. So I uh, really boosted my confidence and it was really great to get feedback from Andy on what I'd done. So uh, the painting event was is easily going to be one of the highlights of my year. Excellent. Well, that's good. That's good. So segueing on, tell me about these games you played. Well, I didn't play them. I watched um, the the other guys play them. But there's um, there's two games I wanted to sort of give a shout out to. The first one is called. Um, it gets absolutely right because I don't want to get this wrong. Drowned Earth. I quite like the look of this. It's very similar in some ways to uh, Outlands, which I really like as a game system. Um, it's in a post-apocalyptic flooded world where they'd spent a lot of time getting the demo boards looking exactly as they'd imagined their world to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's dinosaurs and like big ape people. Um, and the model range that goes with it was really cool. Really, really cool. Um, oh, yeah. It's got a kind of reaction system in it. So if you do something, the opponent can auto- like, immediately react, which makes you sort of double guess how you do things. Um, I really liked the overall look of it. And um, it's nice to see a game demoed by a really professional setup. Uh, in a really professional setup with with the table sort of done so that they were getting across exactly what they wanted it to look like mm-hmm. yeah it's good so that was that was really cool mm-hmm. um so that was called drowned earth and i'm gonna just so this second one um was a game called moonstone now i didn't get to play this um because ross and marcus yeah they did it looked really cool. There's no dice involved, apart from like rolling where some of the objectives are and rolling to see who goes first. That's it. The rest of it's card based, and um, there's some really good selling points to this game. So the first one is that the models that they've made for it are beautiful. There's some really obvious influences from things like the labyrinth and a kind of twisted fantasy universe like like the labyrinth um like the little fairies are amazing the goblins are great there's a goblin riding a pug dog who does damage by farting um (laughs) so it's got a a great sense of humor to it and um it played really well it kept the guys fully entertained and like in suspense all the way through it and Again, they'd made a solid effort for like how it was presented on the day. So they'd used um, the tabletop world stuff. Um, and that's the first time I've seen that stuff in person. And it's the only time I'm ever going to need to see it in person to know that I want to buy everything that that company makes. <laughs> because they are beautiful. And whoever's painting the models has done a fantastic job of painting the models. And the game table was set up like in a really kind of thematic way so that it was just watching them play it was a it was a treat you know it was it, i quite happily stood and watched it for quite a long time if my feet weren't hurting so much i needed to sit down every half an hour <laughs> um so mm. i really i really enjoyed that i very very nearly 
bought the starters kit um, and one of the expansion boxes. And the book, only reason I didn't was because um, I'm going up to we're going up to um, Age of Sigma Open Day, and I wanted to have some spending pennies for that. Um, but I will be seriously looking at it in the future. And um, Joe is too, actually, because she really liked the models because um, Marcus was showing them to her the other day. So I thought it'd be quite a cool game for them to get into. So that's that's two games that I saw that I was re- and kind of local guys, you know, local teams within the sort of southwestish of England. Um, that I thought was really solid looking games so um really chuffed to see that it's nice to come across something where you think oh, i could quite i could quite get into that like that drowned earth one had a dude and a little battle mech that i almost bought to paint for our painting competition and dinosaurs did i mention it had dinosaurs no i don't remember the dinosaurs drowned earth it's got dinosaurs and and gorilla men so that's those two and I've <laughs> finally, one last thing, I don't know if I've spoken about, but a- Alien vs. Predator yeah. has now drawn itself to a close. And with one final sale, which was a three-day sale, and they had all of the limited edition models that it ever produced up, up for sale, um, which was awesome. And so I've picked up a few of those Um and that is that that is that done and dusted. So over the next coming months, I'll be painting those, putting those together, um, and I'm really looking forward to doing that, and um, and hopefully finding some use for them. Um, but that is the end of that little saga. It's a bit of a shame, really. These last forty five episodes have kind of documented its rise and fall in some ways. Yeah. So um, that's it. That's uh, that's my little. Uh, bit on roll dice um, and the stuff that we saw there, and a little bit of mixed into the the uh, the wilds of the other stuff that look really awesome. And um, I'm really excited about roll dice, Dan. I think is hoping it's going to go from strength to strength because I think there's a so- solid foundation. Yeah, me too. It, it's a great location and a good start. So. And the pizza night was good. Pizza was good. That's important. Good pizza. Makes everything better. So thank you guys and gals for joining us for episode 45. Um, yeah, thank you very much. We're, like I said, monthly isn't going to be forever. It's just while we find our feet with the new yep. life circumstances that we're finding ourselves in. Um, and as ever, we are on Facebook, Twitter, um, and Instagram at the Two Piece Podcast. Um, and you can find us on YouTube, although we don't regularly post videos, to be honest, because um, no one wants to see our ugly mugs. So, <laughs> um, and you can find us on there if you want to sort of catch our episodes via that. But normally you'll find us on Podbean or iTunes. We're on both of those. Um, So have an awesome couple of weeks to a month and um, we shall see you then. Bye.